So yeah, we just watched or listened to You've Been Trump too, full documentary. Just thinking how they he purposely contaminated his neighbor's water supply with with uh, road slick. You know, from the they cut the he they cut the clean water of their neighbors out of spite because they wouldn't sell their property to him. Japan Earth Earthquake Live. Stream one minute ago. Hmm. Um, that's CNN News 18 in India. If your Japan energy bill tsunami, is more than $100 a, oh, a month, shit. you should try this trick. It's the best way to save on heating bills in Wow, this is the real deal. Japan coverage. Bye bye, Boobert. Voters instantly turned against her after fatal move. Great, one hour ago. Lauren Bober is running away like a scared little bunny rabbit from a very tough dis uh, race in a purple district. Go. She, she, she's abandoning us to a Democrat because she can't take the heat. Hey everyone, I'm Gabe Sanchez, and welcome back to another episode of What Was That? After a year plagued with public scandals, embarrassing moments, and political outspending, Representative Lauren Boebert is officially ditching her constituents and mm -hmm. responsibilities for a new district. And her constituents are pissed off. Coward. <laughs> Lauren Boebert's announcement feels like musical chairs, but instead of chairs, it's congressional districts. And instead of music, it's the annoying sound of Boebert's voice. As soon as I heard that Boebert was switching districts, my first thought was, wait, I didn't know Beetlejuice the Musical was touring in Colorado's 4th District. My f***ing model! So why exactly is Bobert jumping districts like she's playing Frogger? Well, lucky for us, she made a video to explain her pathetic excuse. Today, I am announcing my candidacy for the 2024 Republican nomination to represent Colorado's 4th Congressional District in the United States House of Representatives. It's the right move for me personally, and personally? it's the right decision for those who support our conservative movement. This is the right move for Colorado, for us. 30 seconds mm -hmm. in and Bobert is already trying to spin that she's not a weak coward abandoning her constituents like Ted Cruz during a freezing snowstorm with a broken power grid. Even her Republican constituents are pissed off, calling her a coward, a sellout, mm -hmm. and a carpetbag. Mm -hmm. Lauren Bobert is running away like a scared little bunny rabbit from a very tough dis uh, race in a purple district. So, she, she, she's abandoning us a Democrat because she can't take the heat. So now she's going to go run in one of the most conservative districts in the nation, not just Colorado. The whole country, this is what, this is a deep, deep red district here. A Democrat has virtually no chance of winning. <laughs> what are you doing here? Get your ass back home and defeat Adam Frisch. You <laughs> sellout. Why would you abandon your district to a Democrat and then go run in a district where a Democrat has no chance of winning? 
That doesn't make any sense. That does sure nothing does. to protect our majority in the House. That's nonsense. These are the actions of Grifter, whose primary concern is to get herself reelected. You know, frankly, I think it's because she doesn't want to be broke. She lost her restaurant and divorced her husband, and you know, I'm not sure if she has any source of income outside her congressional salary. So hmm. that's what it's all about. She's just trying to save her job. She thinks she's so popular that she, she's entitled to just, just keep collecting your taxpayer money. So instead of running for re-election in the 3rd District, or better yet, just resigning altogether, Bobert is packing her bags for the 4th District because she knows she's going to lose in 2024. Bobert barely won during the 2022 midterms against Democratic candidate Adam Frisch with just 546 votes in the 3rd District. And now she's incredibly afraid of Frisch, who's been raking in jaw-dropping amounts of campaign cash. Mm -hmm. I mean, according to the FEC, Frisch's campaign has raised over $7.7 million so far. <laughs> Bobert was also facing a substantial primary challenge from the Republican attorney Jeff Hurd, who has already racked up endorsements from Colorado GOP brokers, including former Governor Bill Owens. There is no other way to put it. Bobert was facing a brutal and very expensive re-election fight in 2024, so her only plan was to tuck tail and run away to Ken Buck's old seat in the 4th District. Now, the 3rd District leans 9 percentage points in Republicans' favor, while the 4th District leans 27 points toward the GOP. So technically, it's a safe GOP seat, but Bobert's already running in a crowded primary with other MAGA QAnon crazies. Trent Lisey, Republican running to replace Congressman Ken Buck, says the Colorado Supreme Court justices who took Donald Trump off the ballot should be arrested and tried for treason, which is punishable by death. Lysey is planning a rally this weekend alongside conservative activist Joel Oltman, who has called for the mass executions of elected officials, journalists, and others. The um, adequate response for treason is 100% being hung by your neck till you're dead. I don't Tell even Trump care if the off the ground as long as you can't breathe and you're a traitor to our nation. I, I said it. Sorry. Sorry. Vengeance is God's, but consequences belong to us. NBC News reports the FBI is now involved in investigating threats against Colorado Supreme Court justices. Lysey and Oltman will be joined at the weekend rally by Tig Tigan, founder of the armed group United American Defense Force, who called the justices tyrannical dictators, using a hashtag that She's refers to the deaths of tyrants. Tigan has used similar language for FBI officials in Colorado, who he warned last month, your blood will be shed and saying that traitors at the FBI can hang. It's not fundamentally flawed to talk about hanging tre treason, treasonous traitors. It's not. What it is, is it's a fact. The head of Colorado's Republican Party has recently said that civil war is coming if Trump is removed from the ballot or so-called election fraud continues. And Chairman Dave Williams specifically said that They're the Republican voters for it. who won their lawsuit against Trump are being treasonous. This is, hmm? this is treasonous, what they're doing. And Again, we won't take it lying down. These MAGA extremists who refuse to accept the results of the 2020 election and will not condemn the violence of the Jan 6 attack are the very reason that Ken Buck is not seeking re-election. Since the first day I ran for public office, I promised I would do whatever it takes to stop the socialists and communists 
from taking over our country. What the hell is she talking about? Bobert can't even define communist or socialist, let alone spell them. I mean, Bobert can't even spell the word impeach correctly. This idiot made her whole personality about impeaching President Biden, and then she sends out a press release with a graphic that says, Impeach Biden. I-M-P-E-A-C-H. It is seven f***ing <laughs> letters. What is so hard about that? Also, the GOP needs to come up with a better strategy than demonizing Democrats as some socialist or communist boogeyman. Especially since Republicans happily accept government money and then take this so hard about, about impeaching President Biden and then she sends out a press release with a graphic that says Impeach Biden. I-M-P-E-A-C-H. It is seven f***ing letters. What is so hard about that? Also, the GOP... And then she sends out a press release with a graphic that says Impeach Biden. I-M-P-E-A-C-H. It is seven f***ing letters. What is so hard about that? Also, the GOP needs to come up with a better strategy than demonizing Democrats as some socialist or communist boogeyman. Especially since Republicans happily accept government money and then take credit for successful programs after they voted against it. <coughs> Excuse me, Inflation Act. That means staying in the fight, but it also means not allowing Hollywood elites and progressive money groups to buy the third district, a seat that they have no business owning. So let me get this straight. Bobert is staying in the fight and not allowing Hollywood elites Bobert. to own Colorado's third district by ditching it to represent the fourth district? Bobert has said a lot of dumb things in her life, but this one might take the cake. Seriously, can someone explain how her MAGA logic makes any sense? I will not allow dark money that is directed at destroying me personally to steal this seat. If Bobert is going to be upset with anyone for destroying her, then she doesn't have to look any further than the fake glasses on her face. Her opponents just have to wait for her to reach out and give someone a helping hand. Job. It's not fair to the 3rd District and the conservatives there who have fought so hard for our victories, of which I'm incredibly grateful. She's right. It's not fair to the people of Colorado's 3rd District, but not for the reason that she thinks. It's not fair that they've had to deal with her idiocy and failures over the last two years. Oh, and when Bobert does vote, she'll claim it as a no-show protest when really she tried to make the vote but missed it like the debt limit vote in June. No excuses. I was ticked off. They wouldn't let me do my job, so I didn't take the vote. They just closed it. They it? Yeah. Lauren Boebert has zero victories, and she's been betting against America ever since she first entered Congress. She voted against helping veterans, tried to defund the Department of Education, and she also voted against Biden's Inflation Reduction Act, something she called a massive failure. Which is hilarious when you realize that CS Wind, a wind turbine manufacturing plant in Pueblo, Colorado, added hundreds of jobs thanks to Biden's Inflation Reduction Act. And coincidentally, CS Wind is Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. You know that Bieber? very quiet Republican lady? <laughs> it's in her district who, along with every other Republican, voted against this bill. And it's making all this possible. And she railed against its passage. But that's okay, she's welcoming it now. And it's now the largest wind turbine tower manufacturer in the world. Awkward. But don't get too mad at Bobert. She thinks that wind turbines aren't really green energy because they can't reproduce themselves. Yes, she really said that. No, no, no. I want to learn how that's um, actually green energy because they can never reproduce themselves. A wind turbine can never reproduce itself. Let's get back to Bobert's announcement and see what else she likes about it. This announcement is a fresh start following a pretty difficult year for me and my family. Oh, Bobert is just looking for a fresh start, y'all. A clean break from the countless 911 calls, her son becoming a teenage father, her alleged affairs with other men, her messy divorce, and of course, Gropergate. You know, when she was caught red-handed, juicing a man's beetle at Beetlejuice the Musical? Bobert <laughs> was kicked out of Beetlejuice after she vaped in front of a pregnant woman who asked her to stop. 
up, took selfies during the musical, jerked off some guy while she got her breast squeezed in front of children, and yelled and gave the middle finger to innocent theater staff. And then she refused to apologize, said she didn't remember, issued a fake apology, and then blamed it on the cameras. You were so enthralled by Beetlejuice, you got carried away. A little bit. You know, Jesse, it's been 20 years um, since I was in the dating scene, and back then there were not infrared cameras um, watching my every move. Bobert only apologized because she was sorry that she got caught, not because she's sorry for what she did. Like I said earlier, the only person destroying Lauren Bobert is Lauren Bobert. At any point, Bobert can resign and live a quiet life, but she is choosing to put herself and her family in the public spotlight. So before she leaves the 3rd District and loses in the 4th District, I thought I'd put together some highlights to remember her by. Bobert is never prepared on the House floor. Uh, amendment. Um, it decreases the salary of the deputy, uh, deputy under secretary of the Food and Nutrition Services. <laughs> and um, Madam Chair, I would like to reserve for the time being. Madam Chair, one moment. <laughs> My apologies. I do not have amendment number 77 in front of me. Um, but Madam Chair, I do urge adoption of amendment 77 to be um, considered to decrease the salary of um, the deputy secretary the, the deputy secretary maybe next time she'll check his pockets i mean no, her pockets bobert also mm -hmm. doesn't read the bills that she's voting against but what you've said is none of the funds in this bill can be spent for that objective and that is precautionary what, what, I want what to... funds are in this bill to be spent for that objective I, I have seen this administration use all sorts of funds no, to protect illegal aliens. Re re and reclaiming my time, Ms. Bobert. that it will not be. Reclaiming my time. There are no funds in this bill to do that. So this is a, just an opportunity for you to stand and perhaps speak about an important subject. I understand that, but there are no funds. Bubert caught out. Caught with their ass hanging out. <laughs> their ass hanging out. <laughs> funds in this bill to accomplish that objective. Um, you don't believe the chairman would put funds in to accomplish that objective, do you? Bobert struggles with basic math skills, which is also a problem with the GOP. You all are allowing you delinquent employees to sit on their sofas at home instead of actually getting to work and doing their jobs. Uh, their this jobs. is absolutely unacceptable. So our employees are working whether they are in the office or at home, and they are. Are you monitoring the work that they are doing from home on a regular basis? Yes, we are. Every every employee, do you have do you have the numbers of the hours that are submitted? Are, are you counting how many times they're logging into their computers and responding to 
casework? So yeah. our employees are subject Certainly. to the same performance management processes and oversight they are, whether they're teleworking or working in the office. And we have systems in place that our managers use to schedule, assign, and track workloads. And that includes individual employee workloads in many cases. So real-time understanding of what actions are being processed at any particular given time. Additionally, our employees are required to be accessible to their supervisors, clients, colleagues, and external parties during work hours via a variety of means, including instant messaging, video platforms, and telephone. They are connected to the workplace, whether they are in the office or at the home. Then why is the backlogs for Social Security applicants increased from 41,000 to 107,000? Because we've been historically underfunded for a number of years now. I don't think you're underfunded. You're, you're <laughs> funded at the Nancy Pelosi levels. At the Democrat levels, we just continued that same funding. So I would say... At we, pandemic level spending. So I would say we have an increase of over 8 million beneficiaries over the last 10 years at the same time we experienced our lowest work staffing levels at the end of FY22. That's a math problem. I mean, that is a problem. If you have those workloads you know, increasing and you don't have the staff to take care of those workloads, you're going to have the backlogs that you're talking about, Representative. Though her issues with math actually make a lot of sense when you remember that she's trying to defund the Department of Education and also allegedly failed the GED multiple times. Bobert also thinks that it's cheaper to have a kid than paying for birth control. I left a prescription at a pharmacy once. Um, I went to get um, birth control and um, I was there at the counter and went to pay for it and um, the, the price was very, very high. I said, wow, is this a three, six month prescription? No ma'am, this is one month. And I said, it's cheaper to have a kid. And I left it there and now mm -hmm. I have my third son, Caden Bobert. I mean, come on, is it too much to ask to have politicians take an exam before they get elected and take office? And I don't know if it's because Bobert has a particular interest in men exposing their genitals in public or what, but she is really obsessed with public urination. Yes, Mr. Allen, did you or did you not decriminalize public urination in no, Washington, D.C.? Did you lead the charge to do so? No, it, the revised criminal code left that as a criminal charge. Did you lead the charge to <laughs> decriminalize public urination in Washington, D.C.? No, ma'am. Did revised you ever vote in favor of decriminalizing public urination in Washington, D.C.? The revised criminal code that was did passed you by the ever council support kept it as a criminal offense. Did you... Did, and you support this? Criminal... I voted for it, yeah. Lauren Bobert is her own worst enemy, and she alone is the cause of all her problems. <laughs> and based on what I've read and seen about how much the people of Colorado's 3rd Congressional District hate Lauren Bobert, let's join them in saying... Well, that's all for me today. Thanks so much for watching, and feel free to follow me at I am Gabe Sanchez. If you like today's episode and want to support me and the work that I do, you can join my personal Patreon and pick your tier to unlock exclusive content and perks not available to the public. You can subscribe today at patreon.com slash I am Gabe Sanchez. So until next time, I'm Gabe Sanchez, and this has been... What was that? What was that? Mira esta increíble funda para teléfonos. Temo te lo ofrece de regalo gratis. Tiene un bonito gratis y es de buena calidad. Gratis. Descárgate muy y consigue la funda. de mí muy, muy, muy. Sleeping grid. Sleeping grid. Good. One more stretch. Shared it on my YouTube, Christopher Prez, President Trista, Brutal Day for Trump, I mean Deborah Dunn, 6 p.m., that's in six minutes. 
Prosecutors duke it out over Diaper Don demise and fraud trial. Diaper Don's legal defense is instantly fizzle in his face. Hi, this is Karen Friedman Agnifilo with Legal AF, and joining me today is my good friend and colleague, Ellie Honig, who is my colleague on CNN. We are both uh, legal analysts for CNN, and Ellie also has his own podcast called Third Degree and sends out a column once a week that I always read, and I usually agree with everything he says because he's a brilliant lawyer and ex-prosecutor and just a really accomplished uh, person. But this one, I have to say, I don't 100% agree with you. In fact, I don't agree with you at all. So I thought it would be fun if we debated it. Mm -hmm. It's about uh, the merits of Attorney General Letitia James bringing this sweeping civil fraud trial that's going on right now in New York State against Donald Trump in front of Judge Arthur and Goron, where the judge in a bench trial already found that the Trump organization and Donald Trump and most of his adult children have engaged in persistent fraud uh, throughout their businesses and business dealings here in New York. So the case is all wrapped up. It's waiting for closing arguments uh, in early January, and then Judge Ngoron's going to rule. But Ellie, I'm going to turn it over to you to say why you think that not only is this prosecution uh, not merited, that you're not happy with Letitia James, her statements that she makes, and the fact that she brought this case at all. We'll turn it over to you. And thanks so much for joining me. To have of this course. Discussion. First of all, the way this happened, which we can just tell the viewers, is you texted me and said, you know, read the column all the time, disagree with this one, you want to hop on a podcast, and here we are 20 minutes later. Um, because, of course, I do love to hear what you have to say, and it's fun to debate these things. We may end up agreeing, I think, on, on some of the things. My, my issue, the, the point about whether the lawsuit itself is justified is a secondary point of the piece and I think is fairly debatable. I, I can make the argument either way and I, I see the argument either way. I don't feel strongly about that. I think there's an interesting debate to be had that has not been fully had on, on Trump's side. Um, it's easy to say fraud, 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 and there is fraud, but, but there's other factors. My bigger point with the piece, though, is to criticize Letitia James and her overt politicization of this case. And, and essentially, my argument has a couple main points. Number one, Letitia James ran for office as New York State Attorney General in 2018. Her number one campaign plank was, vote for me and I'll nail Donald Trump. And I quote in the piece, there's dozens, literally dozens of statements she made. I'm in this to nail Trump. I'll get Trump. Vote for me. I'll get Trump. And she fundraised off of that. She said, donate to me so I can nail Trump. Uh, during that campaign and, and before she had access to a single piece of evidence, she announced that he would be indicted for, should be indicted for money laundering. God knows what she's talking about. It doesn't do just anything, whatever. She's just feeding red meat. Um, the day after he, uh, she was elected, before she took office and had no access to any any evidence whatsoever, she declared, let me try to find this quote. Uh, we're definitely, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He's going to know my name personally, end quote. Why do I object to all this? Donald Trump has famously been saying publicly, he said about three weeks ago, that if he's re-elected president, he's going to weaponize DOJ. He'll use it to go after his political opponents. We all rightly excoriated him for that. I know Letitia James' rhetoric is nowhere near as ominous and dangerous as Donald Trump's. Donald Trump uses Nazi-like rhetoric, vermin, poison blood, which is 
despicable and way beyond anything Letitia James has ever said. That doesn't mean Letitia James is right. That doesn't mean Letitia James is in the clear. If you object to a person running for office and promising to use the power of that office to go after political opponents, people who are unpopular politically to that side, and you should be against that, you can't justify what Letitia James has done, the way she's run her campaign. Um, and what I say in the article is, if you're okay with the way Letitia James ran for office as the top law enforcement official in New York State, saying vote for me and I'll nail the very unpopular politician on the other side, I don't know what for, something, she threw out money laundering, this, that, we'll sue him for something, he'll definitely, definitely sue him. Um, then you have to be fine with somebody right now running for Delaware State AG saying exact same thing, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden. Vote for me, I will nail the Bidens. I don't know, money laundering. So we'll definitely sue their ass, they're going to know my name. You have to be okay with somebody running for DA in, I don't know where Chappaqua is, I guess Westchester County, New York. Same thing about the Clintons. Vote for me, I'll nail the Clinton Foundation. I don't know, something, money laundering. Just vote, donate to me because I'm going to get the Clintons. I'm not okay with any of that. So that's... Part one of my critique. Part two of my critique is Letitia James's conduct and public statements during this trial, which I'll, let's put that on hold. I'll let you respond to part one. <laughs> part one. Well, I'm going to start with saying two things. Number one, my really good friend, uh, Dave Suchman, I don't know if you know him. He what, he was an executive under Cy Vance at the Manhattan DA's office, and he is actually running for Westchester County DA, and he's excellent. So I'm just shamelessly well, my, plugging my, him. My very good friend, Mimi, <laughs> my very good friend Mimi, and I think yours too, Mimi Roca, who is a mentor of mine and still is, is the Westchester DA. She's, she's finishing up her term, yeah. Yeah, well, she's decided not to run, so David is, is running. Anyway, I'm just shamelessly plugging him because I think he'd be excellent at carrying on her legacy. But yeah, so as to point one uh, that you're making, I understand what you're saying, but I, the reason I take issue with it is twofold. Number one, I don't consider Donald Trump her political opponent, right? She's a state court. She's a, she's a state elected official. Yes, she happens to be in the Democratic Party, but she's a state elected official. She has nothing to do with the Biden in the administration. She has nothing to do with Donald Trump from a political standpoint. From a, the only thing she has to do with Donald Trump is that he is a constituent of New York State. And as the Attorney General, she has an obligation and she has this law, right, Executive Law 6312, which allows her to go after on a civil context, almost like a prosecutor, but in a civil context, against persistent fraud in New York State. So I want to do an exercise that you did, which is you started your um, article on this saying, you know, it all, it's basically saying you can't say all of the things I'm going to, I'm going to go after my opponents, this and that. And you condemned Trump for doing it. And then you said, but now let's change he to a she and let's talk about Letitia James. And that was how you introduced your argument. So I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing to you. Let's say New York was having a horrible issue with the mafia. I know another topic that you love. And let's say Al Capone was still out there infamously uh, making sure that people get killed and people die and people are, you know, just, the, you know, the, all, the, all the terrible things that the mafia used to do. And let's say the top law enforcement official were running for office and saying, you know what, I'm going to put lots of resources into bringing down the mob. I am going to come out and I'm going to get Al Capone for anything I can because he always evades prosecution and he, you know, so they got him for what, tax evasion? 
and you know you're the expert on Al Capone, so I'm just you know I'm talking about what I recall, and you know the, so the issue is if, if he is Donald Trump is he has only made himself a political candidate in order to avoid being held accountable for his consequences. He's a fraudulent business person. How do you know that? Who, you know that? Making up motivation. Okay, let me let me jump in for a couple of things. First of all. <laughs> Hi, Frank George here. This is the EMS Foot Massager. EMS is electrical muscle stimulation. It's low-frequency treatment designed to stimulate your feet and ankles, Achilles tendons, calf muscles, and increased blood circulation. It elicits muscle contraction. It's effective for muscle strengthening, too. It's used for rehabilitation purposes, preventing muscle atrophy and muscle toning. It is suggested to be used once a day. It's got a 15-minute auto-run timer. In this box, you get an EMS foot massager mat. It is foldable like this. The main device unit is here. It is digital and lightweight and easy, easy to operate. And a great user manual also, and a USB cable for charging the internal battery. My wife is on her feet daily for long periods of time. She really loves it. And I use it warrant right now. EMS is proven and effective. Have you learned something? It's fine to say. I'm running for office because I want to target white-collar crime, mob, drug trafficking, whatever. When you... When you do it, though, when you name another, Al Capone's not in politics. That's that's an inapposite comparison. Is your position that it's perfectly fine to say I'm going to single out a person on the other side as long as you're not directly running against them? Because then you're fine with the person running for Delaware AG. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with someone running for Delaware AG saying, in their view, Hunter Biden is the height of fraud and says, I'm going to vote for me and I'll nail Hunter Biden and maybe Joe Biden, too. Are you okay with that? I think people should be able to follow the evidence wherever it leads. If they can bring a case, if people can yes bring no. a case okay against Joe yes, Biden, okay they okay should. Or, or, or if, if you can find evidence against Joe Biden, bring it on. I'm not no, no, afraid but that's, that's, that's of the after truth. you get into office. I'm talking about during the campaign. Are you okay with a Republican candidate for Attorney General of Delaware saying, "Vote for me, everybody in Delaware. I promise you, I'll sue Hunter Biden's ass, Joe Biden's ass." I will take them down. Yeah. It can be indicted for money laundering. Are you okay with that? Yes or no? I think people should be able to say whatever they want. I mean, I'm not going to vote for a Republican, okay. so... No, I know people yeah. have the right... I'm not saying she's breaking the law. I'm saying it's, it's, it's disgraceful conduct for someone who's a prosecutor. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with any... Are you okay? I'll ask you again. Are you okay with a, a candidate for AG in Delaware, a Republican, saying, vote for me, everyone. Donate to my campaign. I will nail the Bidens on something. I promise you. Are you okay with that? I have no problem with them saying that. But at the end of the day, put your money where your mouth is. I mean, if there is something to nail them on, then do it. If there isn't, there isn't. I mean, that's the thing. Well, that's I, a I don't have a problem. That's a separate question. That's not a. That's not a response, though. Saying, "Well, she turned out to be right." I mean, those are two. Those both of those things can be true. It's inappropriate to campaign for elected prosecutorial or prosecutorial like office by promising to nail a certain person before you have access to one piece of evidence that's where i have a problem the case itself i think is is it's a fair argument that this case is justified i think there's arguments both ways and i also it's it donald trump is not the this case does not by any means make donald trump out to be the al capone of fraud i mean that is 
prerogative. He is not the leading fraud. Look, Donald Trump definitely over, vastly overinflated his numbers. Right. There are fraudsters, you know this, guy. there are fraudsters all over the state of New York who are stealing money from vulnerable people, from senior citizens, from government funds. What Donald Trump did here, yes, his numbers are ridiculous. He meets the technical requirements of fraud, no doubt. Let's also be real. He's making these representations to very sophisticated players, banks, who can do their own due diligence, made him the loans that were by and large A, repaid, B, with interest. And this, by the way, I think is the reason nobody was willing to charge it criminally. So it's, it's not, it's not, it's simply not fair to say he's the Al Capone of fraud based on this case. If this is a borderline for people, prosecutors charge fraud cases all day where there's actual victims put out of house and home, lost money out of pocket. This is not that. This is a fraud case. Got its strengths, it's not its weaknesses, but he's not the person you would pick out as the biggest fraudster in the entire state by any means. So I understand that you um, make that argument. I don't think anyone is necessarily saying that he's the biggest fraudster, but he has amassed and a New York-based enterprise, largely New York-based enterprise, uh, based on lies. And I think if you read Judge Ngoron's most recent uh, three-page, really short motion to dismiss, uh, or opinion on the fifth motion to dismiss that that Trump filed, he really outlines and justifies why the persistent, it's not just fraud, it's persistent fraud and why it's not just because the numbers are overvalued or undervalued it's because of the number of lies that they put into the math equation to come up with the numbers right and it's things like tripling the size of an apartment or saying that it's all 100 percent occupied when it's not or saying that it's not rent controlled when it is or you know all of the different just lies that went into it and it's it's the cumulative number of lies that allowed him to build the foundation and the money and the empire and it's just you know it's, it's about leveling the playing I field i agree with all you just said um i did a case when i was in new york you know, i was a second or third year involving a woman who was basically finding she found 10 or 12 senior citizens and lied to them and defrauded them and stole their, their essentially life savings what's a, what's a more serious what case of fraud concerns you more donald trump or that one Ever imagine your what life about all those businesses that he uh, join the millions of women who switch to natural from. cycles? The only FDA cleared birth control app that's based on your body temperature. It's 100% natural. No hormones, just science. Get to know the real you. Without synthetic hormones, without side effects, without invasive procedures. Sign up for the Natural Cycles annual plan and get a complimentary Bluetooth thermometer. More and more commercials. No living being should ever eat processed food for every single meal of their life. Donald Trump buying to get loans from banks, repaying those loans with interest for this run-of-the-mill person who stole money from senior citizens and left them broke. Who's, who's worse? Who's, which is the worst fraud? I think that the one you just said is pro- probably worse. I don't know how you, what are you defining worse for what my point? My point, my point is not that Donald Trump, what Donald Trump did is okay. My point I'd is rather business owners. the analogy where the, the, the excuse for Letitia James, that she, all she's doing lost. is identifying 
the Did leading player up? in a major problem in Donald Trump, the biggest fraudster in New York. Okay, let's say Capone, a, a, leading, a leading player. How's that? He might not be the biggest, okay. but he's um, a, a, so a let, leading. Okay. But I, look, I agree with you on the, the merits of the case. I mean, sure. But but I want to jump to, to your point, the second too. Point. Yep. Yeah. I, I've really been surprised, actually, at the, Letitia James's comments, public comments and statements, what we would, you and I would call extrajudicial, meaning what she wants to say in her briefs and in the courtroom on the record, that's almost all fair play. What I don't, what I have a problem with is the statements that Letitia James has made, A, on the courthouse steps, those have been sort of benign. She's given press conferences and she just says, you know, okay, she says the truth will prevail and this and that. More, more problematically is her tweets, public statements. While this case is going, and she, she really saves her fire for the days when the Trumps are testifying, she's, oh, she's tweeting explicitly, they're lying, they're liars, they're liars on the stand. Maybe they are, okay? But yeah. what would happen to you or me? The criminal, I know it's not a criminal case, but let's start here. In a criminal case, let's take it a civil case. How about a civil case done by the U.S. Attorney's Office? What if Preet, when he was my U.S. Attorney, while that case was happening, while witnesses were on the stand, was making extrajudicial statements, public statements outside of court, saying, this witness who's testifying right now in our, criminal ca- in our civil case is lying. He's a liar. And his whole family's liars. This would be thrown out. It would get fired. Those two things would happen. Now, Letitia James is different because she's elected. But I have a big problem with the statements she's been making during this trial. I- I'm not sure. Where are you on that? Yeah, so look, this is something that... We struggled with when I worked for the Manhattan DA, Cyrus Vance, uh, and because we were very much always trying to walk that fine line. You're absolutely right that, you know, the, the rules of professional conduct governing lawyers and prosecutors, you know, it's rule 3.5 says a lawyer shall not uh, basically speak publicly about a case other than talking about things that are in the public record. And so, you know, we, we definitely, um, you know, we definitely, sorry, rule 3.6. So we definitely struggled with that a lot. And however, there is one exception and one caveat and that's subdivision D of rule uh, 3.6. And I just want to read it. It says, notwithstanding paragraph A that sets forth the rules that you're talking about, right? Don't, don't do this part. But yeah. Don't do these things. <laughs> a lawyer may make a statement that a reasonable lawyer would believe is required to protect a client. So it is also themselves, you know, the, it also um, counts for, for the people of the state of New York being your client from the substantial prejudicial effect of recent publicity not initiated by the lawyer or the lawyer's client. A statement made pursuant to this paragraph shall be limited to such information as is necessary to mitigate the recent adverse publicity. And so I have been really struggling with what you just said and Letitia James' statements too. But if you look at, they are always in response to Trump and his lawyers, their, their incessant press conferences and their commenting and their personal attacks against Letitia James. And they go after her, they go after this case, they go after the motivation of this case, and they lie. They go, they, they go in court and they testify to one thing. And then he, Donald Trump goes outside and lies. You can look at the record about what is said in court, and then you look at what he says outside, and it's just a 
full face lie. And so I would argue that in this context, generally speaking, I agree with you a thousand percent. It's very important not to make public statements, especially uh, when a case is going on. And this is civil, but it's quasi prosecutorial. I would say that the statements she has made are a reasonable response to uh, what has been the lies and the mis. It's to it's to it's necessary to mitigate the lies that Trump is perpetuating on his truth social and his public statements outside of court. And so I would argue that she's that she she actually has a duty to correct the record and come out and say it. And so in this case, in this instance, I actually agree with her doing it. Hey, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, look, you're 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 bringing me toward closer to your position i get it now i get what the justification is here's here's what she tweeted though donald trump will continue to lie and claim that he did nothing wrong truth is we already proved he committed years of financial fraud there are consequences for breaking the law so you're, so you're saying it's 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 the uh what we would call the tit for tat provision of the the rules of ethics <laughs> um uh okay i mean look it's not good it's not good form i would say even if you can point to section 3.5d or whatever and say well i'm it's doing five, it under that. it's 3.6 i misspoke 3.6 it's it's not a good look it's not something i would ever teach or counsel a prosecutor to do she made a video i mean she's look let's be honest she's relishing this you shouldn't have to go and make a video one one weekend during the trial i mean she's leaning hard into this she's not just issuing sort of bare bones statements you know the court the record must be corrected um they they they're they're playing like campaign ads but your point is a good one uh and i i take it but i think when you combine all of it it to me it, it conveys a it undermines the sense of impartiality that you want in, in, in this state's top prosecutor and you know it's interesting you know you and i uh both follow the election from manhattan da um when it was obviously there was a massive Democratic primary, right? And obviously, whoever won the Democratic primary was going to win. And I'm friends with Alvin Bragg, as I think you are. You are too, right? Yes, I, yeah, I've and, gotten and, to know him since he's been elected. And right, you were there before him. Alvin's a good friend of mine. Some of the candidates, not Alvin, were were taking this sort of you know easy road of vote. It's even it's it's even worse when you're when you're when you're talking specifically criminal. Um, you know, vote for me and I'll indict this guy. Alvin always. Man, for the most part, and I give him credit for this because he probably he has a similar prosecutorial upbringing as me, went up to the line but never quite crossed it. Right? He would say things like what you were suggesting earlier. We'd say, well, look, I'm always going to focus on whatever the facts are and that kind of thing. But he always refused, to his credit, resisted the temptation to go and on nail Trump. One time he kind of maybe slipped a little bit over the line. Pervades any electoral prosecutorial position. I'm spoiled. I've only ever had to work for appointed prosecutors. I worked for U.S. attorneys, of course, federal prosecutors are not elected. And even in New Jersey, when I was with the AG's office, we are one of, I think it's seven states that does not elect the AG. It's governor appointed, same way president appointed U.S. attorney general. You know, you work for the elected Manhattan DA. There's pluses and minuses both ways. But what caused me to write this column is just my concern with someone running for a powerful office like that, singling out an individual electoral opponent, but clearly political opponent. I, you know, I think they both consider one another political rivals or enemies or whatever. Um, maybe opponents isn't exactly the right word. And benefiting on it. I mean, it was the number one platform of her campaign then doing it. Um, and again, I think the case itself has, has you, you well articulated its merits, which I get. And and I don't think it, I, I'm on the fence as to whether the case 
definitely should have been brought or not. I think it's probably justified. Um, there's a good argument that the corporate death penalty is overkill. I quote Ruth Marcus, who's a liberal Washington Post editor, did the work and, and came up to the conclusion that the, the remedy sought here is way out of line. And she hates Trump, she says in the article. The remedy of putting him out of business is, is overkill, she argues. Um, but uh, I just, to me, it, it's, it's, a, it's not the same as what, it's not as bad as what Trump did, but it's a very mm-hmm. similar tactic. If you strip out the names and strip out the vile rhetoric, the promise is the same. Let me ask you this. I have a quick question for you. Why do you think people, I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to name names. A lot of people are very critical of Letitia James in the green room unwilling to criticize her in public. Why do you think that is? Because you know she's right. Are you going to let the greedy heating companies and their crazy high prices decide if your family is allowed to stay warm this winter? Here's how a former NASA engineer from Michigan is taking on the billion dollar heating industry. I have no idea. I think she's phenomenal. I, you know, you, you, I, You're a true believer. Listen, you're not. I've never worked. Look, I've never worked for her, so I yeah. don't know what she's like. But I know she's her. talented. I mean, she, yeah. she's good at what she does. Yeah, I say in the piece, I say like, you don't need to. People don't need to make excuses for Letitia James. She doesn't need it. She's highly competent. She's skilled. She knows what the heck she's doing. Um, she doesn't need like people apologizing for her. Um, so I'm impressed with her in some respect. But I do think this really. I think this whole explicit political target you can't even say it's not political she did it during a campaign explicit political promise to nail the other guy i have a problem with i i it's a completely valid point i just having worked for uh two different district attorneys it's when you're on you know maybe they shouldn't be elected maybe they should just be appointed because that's the problem with you know and i agree with you no actual uh, line assistant, whether you're a federal or state prosecutor, should ever do any of this stuff. It's really the right. ele- you know. But Letitia James wears two hats, right? She's she's a she is a politician because unfortunately she has to be because it's an elected office, and she's also the top law enforcement official in New York State. And so it, it's yep. it's hard to walk that fine line. And you know, and I think you point out the pitfalls. Anyway, I'm mindful of your time. Uh, I promised I'd have you off by now. Thank you so, so much for Can I embarrass joining. you real quick? Can I embarrass you real quick before we end? Oh, God, what? <laughs> so go there's a guy at my supermarket. He's, he's a really sweet guy. He's a clerk there. Who I, go, I go there basically every day. He's like, I think he's Irish, and he loves CNN. And he stops me the other day, and he goes, you know I love? I'm doing a terrible accent. You know I love watching? No, who? Like, he, you know, he has a, lots of comments. He goes, Karen! He couldn't say your last name. Um, I was like, oh, oh yeah. Uh, I hope that embarrassed you. Uh, <laughs> it's very sweet. I love it. I love it very yeah. much. Well, tell him. Tell also, him. Sorry, I- one more thing. I will tell him your best. It's not that hard to say your last name. Your whole everyone stumbles. Okay, Karen. Easy. Friedman. Easy. Nifolo is not that hard. I know people get <laughs> get like mangled with the uh, lots of I's and L's and O's. Aaron Friedman Agnifilo. Not hard. Well, it is, a, it is a mouthful, though, and when I was at the Manhattan DA's office, no one I, no one ever called me anything other than KFA. You know, the other problem KFA, is... Yeah. KFA, Well, because the other problem is, you know, my first name has has become weaponized in society. <laughs> so, so apparently no one likes True. to ever say it. Anyway, happy holidays, okay, Ellie. 
no, no, I'm so you. appreciative of you joining. Great to see you. I'll debate you anytime on any topic. So thanks for joining. Awesome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for watching. We're only a few subscribers short of 2 million subs. Please subscribe right now to the Midas Touch YouTube channel for free and help us grow this unapologetically pro-democracy network. Christmas gifts is offering the best deals this Christmas. Here are three reasons you should grab these Christmas sweatpants immediately on Temu. Firstly, these Christmas sweatpants are for free after receiving a $20 coupon from Temu. Secondly, they come in a set of sizes and styles from extra large to extra large and happy patterns and... So as prosecutors duke it out over Trump demise and fraud trial. Diapered on demise. Oh yeah, it's live right now. My stuff is live right now. Live. Diapered on gets uh, instantly wrecked. He wanted to invoke the insurrection splits. act, but that Twitter wouldn't let him. It was, it was Twitter's fault. Donald Trump was the commander in chief, but a social media app that doesn't, that even at Twitter's peak, doesn't do, doesn't even do nearly as good as like Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. But Twitter was the reason. That Trump couldn't invoke the Insurrection Act, which the Oath Keepers wanted Trump to do to try to overthrow our country. We'll talk about all of that in more. Let's take our first break. Most clothes are uncomfortable or too Let's tight or never actually the okay. for is here. Marge and already it was a miserable new year for the miserable Donald Trump. Melania Trump was nowhere to be seen at this Mar-a-Lago event on New Year's where Vanilla Ice was the main performing act. They washed up Vanilla Ice at washed up Mar-a-Lago before washed up Donald Trump. And for those watching this on YouTube, yep, that was Waltine Nauta getting a sniff behind Donald Trump right there. Donald Trump's co-defendant in the Mar-a-Lago document case. And as President Biden was posting his what? 2023 for washed up Donald Trump. And for those watching this on YouTube, yep, that was Waltine Nauta getting a sniff behind Donald Trump right there. Donald Trump's co-defendant in the Mar-a-Lago document case. And... As President Biden was posting his 2023 list of accomplishments and what he delivered for the American people, Trump continued to rage and whine on social media about this and that and the range, Jack Smith, wah, wah, wah. Because Jack Smith filed his answering brief with the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals opposing Donald Trump's ridiculous and unlawful claim of absolute presidential immunity. And that just got Donald Trump post, 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 wine, wine, wine. We will talk more about that. And Jack Smith's answering brief before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on the issue of absolute presidential immunity and why that concept doesn't exist in criminal cases based on the history, text, and structure of the Constitution. 
probably one of the most powerful legal documents I have ever read in my life, period. Potatoes. Mixing up some potatoes. Just tell what you do. Hmm. Hmm? That they were waiting. For some I the, uh, volume. immunity, and that just got Donald Trump post, 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 wine, wine, wine. We will talk more about that. And, Jack Smith's answering brief before the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on the issue of absolute presidential immunity and why that concept doesn't exist in criminal cases based on the history, text, and structure of the Constitution. Probably one of the most powerful legal documents I have ever read in my life, period. We're going to talk about that brief, and we'll get into some detail there. Also, I guess in response to that, as part of Donald Trump's whiny posts, he reposted these messages from a far right-wing account, which said that Donald Trump was trying so hard on January 6th (laughs) to invoke the Insurrection Act. (laughs) But you see, Twitter wouldn't let Donald Trump do it. It was Twitter's fault why Donald Trump could not invoke the Insurrection Act. Well, gotta get your story straight there, Donald. Because by invoking the Insurrection Act, you know those people who you sing with in the J6 choir? Well, then that would make them insurrectionists. And that would make the day of an insurrection, which it was. But you see, it's also further incriminating, because if you go back to what the Oath Keepers had stated in their seditious conspiracy trial, it was that they were waiting for Donald Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act, so that they could then take their weapons that they had in the hotel and start shooting at people and overthrow the democracy through violent means. And ultimately, when Trump did not invoke the Insurrection Act, that's ultimately why they did not do that. So thanks, Donald, for tying yourself to the Oath Keeper's seditious conspiracy plot. Jack Smith (laughs) thanks you coming into 2024. (laughs) And by the way, this headline from the Washington Post, I criticized them and uh, other legacy media before, but they got this one right. This is what they said. A year that started out with bleak prospects, including a widely predicted recession, shaped up to be a boon for the average American worker and one of the most triumphant for organized labor in a 
generation. Folks, this is the Midas Touch podcast. Ben Micellis, joined by Jordy Micellis. You got the Ben and Jordy tag team today. Happy New Year. And as we get into this episode, as we get into this year, we are in this together. Sleeves are rolled up, ready to go, rested, refreshed, ready to get uh, started fighting for our democracy. Jordy, how are you, sir? And that's exactly it. Happy New Year to you. Be happy. New Year might as mighty. That's exactly it. Here we are, folks. 2024. It's time to gear up right now. Thanks for coming on this journey, you know, this pro-democracy journey with us. We're going to continue to ride this through the election and beyond. So if you love democracy, this is your spot. Ben, I just, I, I love that intro. We have so much to get into tonight. Um, where do you, where do you want to start off? Do we start off with Vanilla Ice? Do we start off with Where's Melania? Where, where do we begin? Jack Smith? Wow. Well, here's the thing about Vanilla mm-hmm. Ice. I actually mm-hmm. grew up as a kid. I was a big Vanilla Ice fan. <laughs> ice Ice Baby. You know, all, that all was your generation. Vanilla Ice songs I, I liked. Um, so a bit disappointing that Vanilla Ice was uh, giving this performance there. Although I would have to say probably not surviving, not surprising, right. because not surviving rappers and talent who are washed up, they do their MAGA tour to try to grift and make money. But it Shout also goes to Bar. Just- it's just Roseanne Barr, Vanilla Ice. It's what they do. They try and reclaim their old fame or one last grift off the MAGA movement by aligning themselves with Donald. They're canceling me. They can't, they're whining, Ben. They canceled us. They canceled me. This is cancel culture. No, you're just not that good anymore <laughs> or never were maybe in the first place. And people just don't want to listen to you. But I think this is where we start. I think we start. Let's just show you President Biden's uh, New Year's message. Folks. Happy New Year. Right, Jordy? Fairly normal. Fairly normal. normal. Super normal. Or how about this one? Uh, One year of cranes going up and shovels hitting the ground in American communities. Fairly normal. Super with with photos alongside workers. Just, I love that. Just super normal. No weird uh, all caps locks. There's appropriate period usage. Just Mm -hmm. what you want. This is a statesman right here, Ben. Smiling, Mm -hmm. shaking hands. People look like they want to be with him. Yeah. So, so let's take a look, though, as the New Year's countdown was ticking down at Mar-a-Lago. Take a look at Trump here. No Melania in sight. And there's with Trump, there's no smile, no laughter, no joy, no turning to his guests to wish them Happy New Year. This is what it looked like to be in Mar-a-Lago on New Year's night. Here, play this clip. last year out out of captivity enjoy your freedom motherfucker ten I'm screwed nine I'm screwed eight I'm screwed
Uh, outside your prison cell, smiley face. Freedom Mofo. <laughs> Seven. Stop counting. Six. Stop counting. Can we go can we go back to last year? Can we go back to last year? I mean, what a miserable human being. No Melania in sight whatsoever. Majority as you watch him right there. What do you make of it? I have, so I'm going to be honest here. I usually pre-watch all of these clips that we put into the outline prior to so I could have something sort of prepared to say, but I intentionally didn't watch this clip because of, of what we were talking about, just how bizarre it was. And I wanted to like really feel in the moment, just react to it. And I, that's one of the strangest freaking clips I've ever seen. Like in, in a moment where people are supposed to be cheerful, you might hear some background noise, folks, if you're listening, uh, of people cheering. But when you're watching the video, you actually can't.